Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. And I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. And I'm very excited for today's guest. So welcome to the show, Allison. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us, what is your backstory? How did you get started in this? Yeah, so I am a physiatrist, so otherwise known as a rehabilitation doctor. Uh, and so essentially, I was in my final year of residency, and I ha was having my first child, and I was pregnant, and essentially had a lot of issues with my pelvis, a lot of sacroiliac joint pain, pubic symphysis pain, um, referring to the groin during pregnancy, and then had a prolonged labor uh, with requiring uh, forceps with an episiotomy. And then after that, postpartum had a lot of uh, really issues with pelvic pain, pelvic floor muscle dysfunction, pain with intercourse, urinary urgency, frequency, keeping me up at night, some, a lot of constipation, difficulty, and straining on the toilet with bowel movements, all the classic pelvic pain, postpartum issues, which I didn't, we didn't learn about it in medical school or right. residency. So I didn't know what's going on. <laughs> Went back to my OBGYN um, and, you know, transvaginal ultrasound was normal. Cultures were normal. The workup was normal. So she's like, I don't know what's going on with you. And then sent me on my merry way. And then I went back again about three months later. And I was like, listen, this is, I'm still having these problems. There must be something you could do. And then, so she gave me offered Percocet. And then I was, that's when I knew that, you know, this is, there's, there must be a better way. So I found a fantastic pelvic floor physical therapist who totally changed my life and explained, you know, that neuromuscular dysfunction, the nerve and muscle dysfunction that was going on um, in the pelvis. So you can't see those muscles. So but they're, right. they've been ignored for hundreds of years, honestly, because you can't see them on imaging and you just, we don't think of them. And as a, a physiatrist, we're really non-operative muscle nerve doctors, right? That's what we are. So I was like, this is very cool. And there, there has to be a better approach than Percocet and uh, uh, seeing, you know, keep going to the doctor advocating for yourself, which as a physician, you know, I, I, I knew something was wrong, but I really was not trained to understand it. So I thought this is where, you know, I want to spend my career. And then that's how it all came. And then I developed, you know, this protocol over time of just trying to help patients in a non-operative outpatient way, working with physiatry and pelvic floor physical therapy, and quite often cognitive behavioral therapy from pain psychology and then nutrition uh, as well. That's interesting. So how long have you been doing it? Seven to eight years now, almost eight years. Wow. So exactly what do you do with your clients? Yeah. So at Pelvic Rehabilitation Medicine, we treat uh, women and men who are suffering from chronic pelvic pain, pelvic floor muscle dysfunction, uh, and really pelvic, you know, muscle nerve issues. Uh, so essentially what we do is we help kind of diagnose how they got there. We see uh, the classic symptoms people come to us with. Uh, pain with intercourse or soreness post intercourse, super common, or pain with kind of vaginal exam at the, at the gynecologist, particularly if they've never had intercourse, they start noticing it during speculum exam, if they're jumping off the table, um, discomfort with tampons, super common. Um, and then a lot of bladder stuff, urgency, frequency, some, a lot of patients say, it feels like I have a UTI, but I've had lots of antibiotics and it just never went away. So that sensation of UTI. 
super common. And um, and then also bowel, a lot of discomfort with bowel uh, movements, pain with bowel movement, and then straining on the toilet. Like when you have pelvic floor pain and your bowels aren't great either. It's kind of, it's a sling. So we treat that yeah. whole sling. Um, and yeah, and a lot of uh, over overlapping pain syndromes in our patient population. So we do see quite a bit of fibromyalgia um, because with, with what goes on in the pelvis over time, um, you get sensitized. So the central sensitization process so happens all the, always when it's been going on for greater than six months. Uh, the nervous system just gets revved up, right? Um, so we do see quite a bit of fibromyalgia and we, we think there may be a combination with the central sensitization as well as honestly the, with the ge uh, genetic predisposition in general to both fibromyalgia and pelvic pain. There may be some sort of genetic predisposition there in the nervous system to kind of get revved up. So, so we do see a lot of that as well. So what we do is we help diagnose, how did, how did you get here, right? So a lot of what we're doing is we're detectives yeah. and we kind of slowly unravel the different multiple triggers and diagnoses that got a patient there. And then, and we'll do the workup that's required. Most of it's history and exam, um, neuromuscular exam with an internal exam. That's what, why we're unique. We're uh, physiatrists who do internal vaginal and rectal to kind of solve the problem. Um, and in addition, we work with pelvic floor physical therapy um, and uh, we, to get our patients better where we kind of release that spasm in the muscles, chill out the, both the peripheral nerves and the central nervous system, which is always kind of inflamed and upregulated. So, right. and, and then we do an outpatient uh, protocol where we do selective peripheral nerve blocks and trigger point injections um, to the pelvic floor musculature uh, to really calm it down. It, I mean, essentially patients see us at 8.30 in the morning and they're at their 9.30 meeting at work. I mean, it's just an outpatient uh, procedure. Right no downtime. Uh, sometimes they'll take an Advil or Tylenol and send them some ice before they go on with their day. Um, so it's a subtle approach uh, with PT to kind of really reset, retrain those dysfunctional nerve muscles. We're rehabbing the pelvis. That's why we're not pain docs. We're actually rehab docs. We're totally different approach. We're a lot about function and rehabilitation. That's kind of what our focus is. Yeah. It's because pain is hard to live with, especially it's it's so hard to live with. And it's the, you know, it's the worst, you know, when you're feel like you have to pee all the time constantly, or you can't have any intercourse with your, your, your boyfriend, girlfriend, or spouse, whoever it right. is. I mean, it's, you can't, it's not, it's just it, in every way it affects your quality of life, your ability to go to work, your ability to, a lot of times our patients can't, you know, they cancel social functions because they're just not right. happy with them. They're not happy with the pain. They're not happy with their their bladder urgency if they pee all the time they can't even go to a you know an event because they they can't they can't sit and they have to pee all the time so you know it's not a way to live right we we are really focused on improving quality of life and getting our patients back to you know the quality of life they deserve yeah it's all that's what we're all trying to do is get people back to quality of life exactly yes so you said something about you think it's genetic with fibromyalgia um, oh, well, with fibromyalgia, possibly. I mean, I, I think that we don't know enough really yeah. about chronic pelvic pain and fibromyalgia. That's why there are so many, there is a lot of crossover. We do collect the data um, on patients who come to us with a diagnosis of fibromyalgia, and it's quite common. Um, so I don't think we understand it. I mean, there's so, I think it's multifactorial, most likely, just like chronic yeah. pelvic pain is. It's complicated. Maybe a little bit of genetics, you know, a little bit of your, you know, 
your lifestyle is really important in our patients. So we talk a lot about diet, nutrition, right? The, you know, decreasing yeah. inflammation in our foods. Um, also sleep and the HPA access may affect our, our inflammation in our body. Um, stress, um, the, you know, what you're doing for exercise. It's like, there's a lot. And I, yeah. I don't think it's simple. Just like, that's why I, fibromyalgia and chronic pelvic pain very complicated. I think there may be a, sm a small genetic component, but there's probably, and then there's also lifestyle components and then, yeah, lifestyle. right. There's a lot going on there. And then underlying diagnoses that may have been missed uh, endometriosis or in our patient population or fibroids or um, uh, hernia uh, is popular in our very common in all our patients, but particularly our men, hernias can predispose to what we have. And then also when you're stressed, you're subconsciously tensing, right? And a lot of us hold our tension in our pelvic floors, which are squeezing the nerves and just making everything worse. So I, it is multifactorial. And that's why when we're delineating a plan, it's a lot of listening to our patients. Um, we can tell a lot by the history and physical, and then we try to work up as necessary, um, but really try to treat each one. And we do have to address everything, right? If it, you know, yeah. we have to make these lifestyle modifications. Um, uh, and that's why when patients get better in our patient population, we usually congratulate them because it's, it takes <laughs> right. effort, right? It's like, oh, you, can, you can't have the coffee or, or, or chocolate or, or alcohol that's irritating your bladder. Uh, but you did it. You were able to, you know, transition. And so it's a lot of effort on our patients and we're very proud of them when they get better and we give most of the credit to them. Yeah, that makes sense because they have to do the work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. So like what, like how do the people get these conditions? Like, does it just happen or what? Yeah, that's a great question. It, it is multifactorial. Classically though, um, you know, in the realm of the female that we, females that we, we treat, there are, are quite often underlying gynecological issues that can cause pelvic pain. Endometriosis is probably the most common one, right? It's mm -hmm. one in 10 women. Um, and some studies even say one in nine women. So it's very common. That's endometriosis, common. Right. Very common. So, and unfortunately we, as medical professionals, it's very challenging to diagnose endometriosis, right? Because quite often the workup is normal, including imaging, blood work, everything. So it, it's a very challenge. It's often missed and delayed diagnoses for, you know, some of the data is seven to eight years before patients know they have it. Wow. Um, Cause it presents with infertility and pelvic pain. Those are the two, but it's, you know, one in nine to one in 10 women. So we see a lot of that given what, what we treat. Um, and then also there's adenomyosis, fibroids, PCOS, a lot of different gynecological issues that can predispose patients to this pelvic pain and uh, the underlying nerve muscle dysfunction of the pelvis that quite often always comes with these um, diagnoses. So that's one reason. Um, and then there can be, you know, there's urological issues that can occur, bladder pain syndrome and intertial cystitis or IC can also cause this chronic guarding of your pelvic floor muscles and upregulation of the nerves. So we do see a lot of that as well. Um, as well as anything in the GI, the gastrointestinal system can, you know, IBS um, right. is very common in our patient population to ir it can irritate over time. If you're straining and constipated, you yeah. know, pelvic floor muscles and nerves over time just are not going to be happy. It doesn't happen immediately, but months to years of that 
it's, it's challenging for the muscles and nerves of the pelvis to do well, right? If they're in that environment of IBS, yeah. um, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, anything in the GI system, history of any surgeries, abdominal pelvic surgery, super common, because that's an insult or trauma to the pelvis. And so sometimes after that trauma, you know, our muscles and nerves go into this chronic guarding state and never really let go. And also the scar tissue doesn't allow the blood flow that that's required for the nerves to be happy and less inflamed. So we do see a lot of that, um, you know, pregnancy in, in, in and of itself, just carrying a baby, um, vaginal deliveries and C-sections can predispose to pelvic pain. So pregnancy is common. Uh, postpartum issues are, are common as well because it's, you know, that's a, a lot for the pelvic floor muscles and nerves to do, not only to carry a <laughs> yeah. baby, but then deliver. It's, you know, it's not, right. it's not super easy. So that, again, is very common. Um, and then the men too, we see a lot of, um, as I mentioned before, different types of hernias can, can put irrit can irritate the nerves, right? So ilio, uh, in the inguinal region, obturator, femoral, um, different types of hernias can really irritate. Um, a lot of times hip pathology too, uh, men and women, if there's any intraarticular hip issues that can cause with time impingement of the muscles around the, 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 the hip, can irritate the nerves of the pelvis. So, and quite often there's a hip hernia combo with the shearing and pressure on the muscles and nerves. Uh, and there multiple, there's, there's multiple other things, um, but those would probably be the most common. And then in combination with sitting a lot, because yeah. sitting is, it puts pressure on the nerves, right? And we sit right. a lot at work and then um, biking, spinning, some of our patients, you know, they're going to spinning six, seven days a week. And that that's challenging on the pelvis, right? A lot of athletes, repetitive micro trauma to the pelvis. We see a lot of athletes, um, you know, who, you know, soccer runners, bikers, hockey, a lot of athletes in our patient population. It's just that repetitive micro trauma over time. And then a lot of subconscious tensing with anxiety too. Um, so, you know, a lot of different things quite often, but those are the most common underlying pathologies that we do see. Well, that's quite a range. <laughs> It's quite a range, but I mean, chronic pelvic pain, it's 10% 10, 10 of the population, sometimes wow. higher. Some studies in the females of reproductive age, 15 to 25% have, have pelvic pain in their lifetime. Um, it's just, unfortunately, still not talked about enough. And a lot of women see us and they feel they have to live with it. So uh, we're trying to kind of raise awareness and educate that, you know, we're a newer approach. Physiatry for pelvic pain is a newer field. Right. Um, but I think we're the perfect people because we, you know, as physiatrists, we're not trained in one organ system. We're, we're really trained in the looking at the interplay between organ systems with each other, as well as with the, the myofascial system and the, and the central and peripheral nervous system. So pelvis is a very complicated area with a lot going on, right? That's, so I think we are, yeah, there's a lot going on. So, so I do feel, you know, rehab and physiatry is the perfect quarterbacks for this kind of vast d diffuse multiple etiology systems going on, right? Cause we're not, we're not just yeah. saying, oh, you know, you're, you're logically, you're okay. I don't know what's going on with you. We're yeah. able to say, oh, okay. So, you know, and we work closely of course with other specialties when needed, but I think we're, we like to kind of quarterback the care and say, listen, I think this is what you need. You need a urologist. It's definitely, you know, we think that that's what's causing this chronic guarding. So, yeah, so that's where we come in. We, we basically quarterback that the care and make a team because it, it does take a team. Yeah. Um, so 
how long does it take for people to start feeling better? Does it depend on the patient? That's a great question. It does depend on the patient. Um, And usually it really depends on two things, the chronicity of the symptoms, like how long they've been going on for. And then exactly because if there's an underlying chronic disease process or not. So I like, again, like the two most challenging kind of chronic disease processes that we do see and treat would be a history of endometriosis and a history of hypermobility. If someone has a connective tissue hypermobility, um, they, you know, that's a challenging one. But so those are kind of the two ways we decide, you know, how long is it going to take to get you better? But classically, we meet, we meet somebody, um, they do, they see us once a week and pelvic floor PT once a week um, for six weeks, and then six weeks of just PT plus or minus some acupuncture and um, working with a whole nutrition the whole time. So it's classically about three, three months um, is the classic to feel better. That's not that long. No, no, that's what we're trying to do. We're actually, our whole thing is we're trying to reduce this chronic pain cycle. Like you don't have, you know, it doesn't have to be years, you know? So we are, yeah, three months is our, that's our protocol. We meet you and then we decide how much we've helped you in terms of function, not just pain, but function and pain after in three months. Right. It's not much time in your life. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, it isn't, it isn't terrible. It's, that's, that's really the cycle that, and we're trying to shorten that cycle, right? So that's our whole idea. And, and if we get patients early enough, we would like them to never go into the chronic pain cycle, ideally, you know, um, and treat them before it really gets stuck in that phase. Yeah. So like, sh- should people come if they're not dealing with like pain in the pelvic area and stuff? Yeah, no, people should come if they start to have any of the symptoms that we mentioned today. Um, any discomfort with intercourse, e- even positional, it's, it's really not normal. Um, shouldn't have it, um, either superficial or deep or post-intercourse soreness, that shouldn't happen either. Any persistent bladder issues where, you know, you saw and, you know, you're, you were worked up for a UTI and it is either po- positive and treated or negative, that can be quite often pelvic or pelvic pain. We see a lot of bladder issues and then bowel stuff, and then uh, constipation, pain with bowel movement shouldn't happen either. Um, lots of straining on the toilet, not great. Um, or pain with sitting, uh, is if you start to feel some discomfort with sitting, you know, the earlier we get you, the easier it is for us to get you better. That's the, really the truth, because the longer it's there, it just becomes your new normal, and it's imprinted yeah. in your mRNA and your body, right? So, so it's just a little more challenging to reset and retrain and rehab a pelvis that's been going on for a long time. Um, Because right now the data we're collecting, the average duration of symptoms is 6.7 years before they find us. So even if we could just get that to to six months to a year, I just think our outcomes would be so much better in terms of getting patients feeling better and on the path to healing faster. Yeah, because that's a long time to be dealing with that. Long time, you know, it's a long time. So that's our, that's the challenge we have is just raising awareness that, you know, there is treatment for these certain for these symptoms you don't have to live with it why is it not well known well I, you know, I don't know I, I I think why is this area of the body been ignored it's like the black box you know we don't learn it right. very you know we in medical school it's glanced over the anatomy and residency you're not really taught much about it either um and I, I think mainly because it doesn't show up on on workup or imaging So that when, you know, that's a challenge, right? So, and you just have to know what to look for. Um, So I I 
personally think maybe that's why it's, it's been, you know, it's 2021 and we're still having challenge, challenges diagnosing and, and, and raising awareness about it. I think that's the main reason. So is there anything else you would like to share that you haven't shared? Um, yeah, I think the main thing is for, you know, be your own advocate. If you feel symptoms that you feel you realize are different you know, than you've had in the past with, with, the, with, any, with your pelvis, then speak up and um, yeah, please call us at, at Pelvic Rehabilitation Medicine and we'll see if, if you're close to one of our offices. I mean, we're now in multiple cities across America, then we can have you see one of our doctors, or if not, we'll do our best to get you to, you know, someone that we think close to you that could potentially help you feel better. That's awesome. So where can everyone find you? So it's www.pelvicrehabilitation.com. That's our website, and we'll have all in the information you need to contact any of our physicians. Sounds great. I'll put it in the show notes. Thank you so much for this wonderful interview. Thank you, Amanda. This is fun. Thanks for having me.